find yourself in a world that no longer makes sense. When you realize that a man like Epstein didn't Epstein himself. When the police are defunded, but Pakistan gets a gender studies grant. You may be in the Collapse Experiment. Hello, and welcome to the Collapse Experiment, where I inform you on our current stage of the collapse. And today we are continuing on with our Operation Lockstep series. This is the third installment, uh, the third section of the book called Hack Attack. And let's get started, shall we? Hack Attack, an economically unstable and shock-prone world in which governments weaken, criminals thrive, and dangerous innovations emerge. Wow, uh, that doesn't sound like right now or anything, does it? <laughs> and that's just the introduction. Okay, uh, devastating shocks like 9-11, September 11th, the Southeast Asian tsunami of 2004, and the 2010 Haiti earthquake had certainly primed the world for sudden disasters, but no one was prepared for a world in which large-scale catastrophes could occur with such breathtaking frequency. Yeah, uh, tell me about it. The last two years, uh, a little ridiculous. The years 2010 and to 2020 were dubbed the doom decade. I, I think if we move this over, that's what they were uh, anticipating, 2020 to 2030. For good reason. The 2012 Olympic bombing, weird, which killed 13,000 people, was followed closely by an earthquake in Indonesia killing 40,000, a tsunami that almost wiped out Nicaragua, and and the onset of the West China famine. Hmm, well, one of these is accurate. Caused by a once-in-a-millennium drought linked to climate change. Hmm. <laughs> it's almost like they're reading a script. Uh, not surprisingly, this opening series of deadly... something catastrophes. Uh, there were more put an enormous pressure on an already overstressed global economy that had entered the decade of entered the decade still in recession uh, massive humanitarian relief efforts cost vast sums of money but the primary sources from aid agencies to developed world governments had run out of funds to offer mm, yeah we're not running out of funds right now cuz they just keep printing money it's more like we're running out of food and the actual things that the money would buy Interesting. Uh, most nation states could no longer afford their locked-in cost, uh, let alone respond to increased citizen demands for more security, more health care coverage, more social programs and services, and more infrastructure repair. In 2014, when mudslides in Lima buried thousands, only minimal helped only minimal help trickled in, prompting the economist headline. Is the planet finally bankrupt? <laughs> yes, and we have been for a while. Uh, these dire circumstances forced tough trade-offs. In 2015, the U.S. reallocated a large share of its defense spending to domestic concerns, pulling out of Afghanistan. Wow. Um, you know, honestly, eventually that was going to happen anyways, right? 
just didn't know it was going to be the shit show that it was. Where the resurgent Taliban seized power once again. Huh. And they say nobody could have seen this coming, right? But but it's in the Rockefeller, the fictionary Rockefeller <laughs> paper, <laughs> Operation Lockstep. Uh, they saw this coming. In Europe, Asia, South America, and Africa, more and more nation-states lost control of their public finances, along with the capacity to help other citizens and retain stability and order. Uh, resource scarcities and trade disputes, along with severe economic and climate stress, pushed many alliances and partnerships to the breaking point. They also sparked proxy wars and low-level conflict uh, in resource-rich parts of the developing world. Nations raised trade barriers in order to protect their domestic sectors against imports and the face of global food and resource shortages to reduce exports of agricultural product and their commodities. Yeah, we, we're seeing that. India is not exporting any. There's a whole list of countries that are not exporting any food right now. Uh, by 2016, the global coordination and interconnectedness that had marked the post-Berlin Wall while world was tenuous at best. With government power weakened and order rapidly disintegrating, the safety nets evaporating, violence and crime grew more rampant. San Francisco, Chicago, take your pick of any U.S. city right now. Countries with ethnic, religious, or class divisions saw especially sharp spikes in hostility, Naxlite separatist dramatically expanded their guerrilla campaign in East India, Israeli-Palestinian bloodshed escalated, and across Africa, fights over resources erupted along ethnic and tribal lines. Meanwhile, overtaxed militaries and wait, overtaxed militaries and police forces could do little to stop the growing communities of criminals and terrorists from gaining power. Uh, or they just say defund the police and they step down it's <laughs> they weren't overtaxed in our situation technology enabled gangs and network criminals and criminal enterprises exploited both the weakness of states and the desperation of individuals with increasing ease these guerrilla global guerrillas moved illicit products through underground channels from poor producer countries to the markets in the developed world using retired 727s and other rogue aircraft, they crisscrossed the Atlantic from South America to Africa, transporting cocaine weapons and operatives. I love how cocaine was like a really, really big necessity for Africa. It's not racist at all. Drug and gun money became a common recruiting tool for the desperately poor. Criminal networks also grew highly skilled at counterfeiting licit goods through reserve, reverse engineering. Many of these ripoffs and copycats were of poor quality or downright dangerous. In the context of weak health systems, corruption, and inattention to standards, either within countries or from global bodies like the World Health Organization, tainted vaccines... Huh... Tainted vaccines, like the ones that Japan threw out. <laughs> huh. Uh, let's see here. Get back to where I was. Tainted vaccines entered the public health systems of several African countries, 
2021, 600 children in Cote de Lavoie died from a bogus hepatitis B vaccine. Yeah, it wasn't hepatitis. <laughs> Uh, which paled in comparison to the scandal sparked by mass deaths from a tainted anti-malarial drug years later. Hmm. The deaths and resulting scandals sharply affected public confidence in vaccine delivery. So they anticipated uh, anti-vaxxers, as, as, you, as, as they put it, right? Wow. Uh, the dozen confidence in vaccine delivery parents, not just in Africa, but elsewhere, uh, began to avoid vaccinating their children. And it wasn't long before infant and child mortality rates rose to levels not seen since the 1970s. Um, isn't it weird now that polio is making a comeback? Technology hackers were also hard at work. Internet scams and pyramid schemes plagued inboxes. Meanwhile, more sophisticated hackers attempted to take down corporations, government systems, and banks via phishing scams, database information heist, and their many success successes generated billions of dollars in losses. Desperate to protect themselves and their intellectual property, the few multinational uh, nationals still thriving, enacted strong and increasing complex defense measures. Patent applications skyrocketed and patent thickets proliferated as uh, companies fought to claim and control even the tiniest innovations. Security measures and screenings tightened. It doesn't matter. As long as China can buy one thing, they will reverse engineer it and steal it. So I think uh, the whole patent aspect of this is kind of BS. This Wild West environment had a profound impact on innovation. The threat of being hacked and the presence of so many thefts and fakes lowered the incentives to create me-first rather than me-too technologies. So many patent thickets made the cross-pollination of ideas and research difficult at best. Blockbuster pharmaceuticals quickly became artifacts of the past. Be it's weird, because... Unless it has a patent, it doesn't seem like the WHO or the NIH really has any interest in uh, promoting these drugs that could help things. If it's open and there's a generic version of it, they don't have any interest in using said drugs. So this is all kind of BS when it comes to, uh, ooh, it's going to hurt pharmaceuticals. Ooh. Um, replaced by increased product production of generics. Uh, breakthrough innovations still happened in various in industries, but they were focused more on technologies that could not be easily replaced or re-engineered, and once created, they were vigorously guarded by their inventors, or even by their nations. In 2022, a biofuel breakthrough in Brazil was protected as a national treasure and used as a bargaining chip in trade with other countries. <laughs> okay. Verifying the authenticity of anything was increasingly difficult. The heroic efforts of several companies and NGOs to create recognized seals of safety and approval proved ineffective when even those seals were hacked. The positive effects of the mobile and internet revolutions were tempered by their increasing fragility as scamming and viruses proliferated, preventing these networks from achieving... The reliable required 
reliability required to become a backbone of developing economies or a source of trustworthy information for anybody. Yeah, a lot of this is stuff that um, socialists and communists really don't want to hear about. It's weird. Did Kalashnikov ever get any royalties from building the AK-47? I didn't think so. Interestingly, not all of the hacking was bad. Genetically modified crops, GMOs, and do-it-yourself, DIY, biotech, became backyard and garage activities, producing important advances. In 2017, a network of renegade African scientists who had returned to their home countries after working in Western multinationals unveiled the first in a range of new GMOs that boosted agricultural productivity on the continent. Uh, but despite such efforts, the global have and have not gap grew wider than than ever. The very rich still had the financial means to protect themselves. Gated communities sprung up from New York to Lagos, uh, providing safe havens surrounded by slums. Uh, in 2025, it was the rigor to build not a house but a high-walled fortress guarded by armed personnel. Weird, that's kind of happening right now. The wealthy also capitalized on a loosely regulated environment to experiment with advanced medical treatments and other under-the-radar activities. It's not under-the-radar anymore, now is it? Advanced medical treatments. Mm-hmm. Those who wouldn't buy their way out of chaos, which was most people, retreated to whatever safety they could find with the opportunity frozen in global mobility at a near standstill. No place wanted more people, especially more poor people. It was often a retreat to the familiar family ties, religious beliefs, or even national alliances. Trust was afforded to those who guaranteed safety and survival, whether it was a warlord and an evangelical preacher or a mother. In some places, the collapse of state <clears throat> led to a resurgence of feudalism. In other areas, people managed to create more resilient communities and operating a isolated micro version of formerly large-scale systems. The weakening of national governments also enabled grassroots movements to form, grow, creating rays of hope amid the bleakness. By 2030, the distinction between developed and developing nations no longer seemed particularly descriptive or relevant. So by 2024, they're saying that, like, everything's going to be shit. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Headlines on hack attack. Now... Granted, these are all fictional, but let's see what they have in mind for taking place. Um, it starts at 2010 to 2030, as the rest of them did. 2012, Millennium Developed Goals pushed back to 2020. <laughs> uh, 2024, Violence Against Minorities and Immigrants Spike Across Asia. Yeah, weaker Muslims, thank you very much. 2026, Islamic terror networks thrive in Latin America. You don't hear too much about that anymore. All this domestic BS. 2028, Congo death toll hits 10,000 in malaria drug scandal. 2020, doctors begin borders. Doctors without borders confined within borders. Okay. Nations struggling with resource constraints race to scale synthetic biology. 2021, 
that seems to be like right on scale. Uh, 2028, warlords dispense vital medicines to Southeast Asian countries. Uh, India-Pakistan water war rages. Yes, I do see that coming, but I don't think it's going to be India-Pakistan. I think it's going to be China and India. Or India and, like, what was it, Bangladesh? Where India is building a dam and, like, cutting off the water to other countries. Role of philanthropy and hack attack. Philanthropy is less about affecting change than about promoting stability and addressing basic survival needs. Yeah, I never thought philanthropy was about affecting change anyways. That's what they say, but they don't want to actually help people because then they're not dependent on anyone. Um, technology and hack attack. Um, counterfeit counterfeiting and IP theft lower incentives for original innovation. So they're talking about like a loss of technology due to <clears throat> China stealing everything. Uh, hedonistic escapes from the students. Pervasive and security means that tools of aggression and protection, virtual as well as corporeal, are in high demand as these technologies that will allow hedonistic escapes from the stresses of life. Hmm. Wow. So they're talking about virtual worlds where you can do unspeakable things. Uh, echoing the rise of synthetic chemicals in the 19th century, synthetic biology, often state-funded, is used to grow resources and foodstuffs that have become scarce. Hmm. Uh, like the whole fake meat thing. Uh, new threats like weaponized biological pathogens and destructive botnets dominate public attention, but enduring technologies like the AK-47 also remain weapons of choice for global guerrillas. The internet is overrun with spam and security threats and becomes strongly associated with illicit activities such as dark webs where governments can monitor, identify, or restrict activities. Uh, identity verification technologies become a staple of daily life. Yay. Uh, with cost of cosmetic surgery dropping, procedures like the lunchtime facelift become routine among emerging middle classes. Yeah, we're not going to have a middle class. And who the hell wants the <laughs> lunchtime facelift? Okay. Life in hack attack. But in a world full of deceit and scamming, his skills of or Trent never thought that his past experience as a government intelligence officer would convert into something philanthropic. Uh, blah, blah, blah. A country that was once praised for its good governance, but loose laws and institutions had begun to falter in the past few years with corruption on the rise. That's describing Botswana, but somebody is pointing out that could be America. Uh, Botswana had none of the high-tech biometric scanning checkpoints technology that could literally see right through you. Yes, that's like the airport crap that we have to deal with. As expected, counterfeit vaccines were being manufactured, but so were GMO seeds. Uh, we've been having issues with uh, seeds not producing or having a very low production rate. Um, as for vaccines, well, it doesn't have to be counterfeit to be shit, now does it? 
Oh, so that is it for Hack Attack. The next section is Smart Scramble. And is that the last one? Concluding thoughts. So no, there will be two more after this. Hack Attack, but definitely uh, also very insightful. Uh, this whole idea of the Rockefeller Foundation coming up with this report and trying to figure out what's going to happen in the next decade. And a lot of this does seem to be accurate in some ways. Uh, it's very interesting how much emphasis they put on things like vaccines. Vaccines, I, I would consider that to be like an ancient technology at this point. I mean, we've been using it for over 100 years now. And yet now they're focusing on it to the point where, you know, oh, we have to worry about uh, generic, not generics, but counterfeit vaccines and all this other uh, garbage that um, they're now talking about. And how much you want to bet when information starts coming out about the vaccine, uh, as you know, which one I'm talking about. They're going to say, oh, uh, well, it turns out there was a, a counterfeiting operation. And it wasn't really Pfizer or Moderna who was uh, uh, producing the, the vaccines. That Yeah, um, <laughs> that's going to be one of their arguments as to why people are having horrible side effects and, and dying from this shit. Is, uh, they're going to say it wasn't us. Uh, it was somebody else putting this garbage into the system. I bet you, I bet you so much money. And Japan would just be over there like, no, we threw out like millions of vials of this stuff that came directly from Pfizer and uh, it's garbage. <laughs> so um, that is about it for today. As I said before, the next section will be Smart Scramble. That should be out sometime next week. This week has been very interesting for me. Uh, schedules have changed and... Uh, this is the first time I've been able to actually do a uh, podcast episode in a few days now. So um, other things are happening. Um, I'm still working on the Duncan Lump book. That's going to be a, a long project, but I'm um, building connections. I'm talking to people who actually knew Duncan um, in various different uh, aspects of his life. Um, going over the police reports and the videos, uh, the cam footage, um, piecing everything together. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of information that I am collecting. And, um, at this point, the only thing I'm really missing is, uh, Duncan was a known, uh, active member of the three percenters as he allegedly posted on mymilitia.com. So I'm looking for three percenters to talk to. Uh, my email address is thecollapseexperiment at gmail.com. You can also find me at thecollapseexperiment.com. Uh, so if anybody has any information or is willing to talk about the three percenters and um, <laughs> they're not a fed, um, get a hold of me and... Uh, we can arrange something or at least chat through email and um, yeah, cause I have uh, definitely have some questions about that group and his affiliation and how it differs from the Boogaloo and um, among other things. So uh, if anybody is willing to reach out to me, that would be awesome. Uh, in the meantime, um, 
There's this whole podcast um, working on the, going through the Operation Lockstep through the Rockefeller Foundation, and uh, I do have other things planned for the podcast in general. Um, did I mention the Queen died? I'm sorry, this is America, we don't care. So, yeah, we already told that royal family to F off like 250 plus years ago, so why it's big news here, I don't know. Uh, anyways... I hope everyone is doing well, and remember, you are the carbon that they want to reduce. Thank you for listening to the Collapse Experiment podcast. For more content, check out thecollapseexperiment.com, where you can find the latest news articles. If you'd like to help out this podcast, check out books by Matthew Gilman on Amazon, or you should just buy gold and silver. Just, just buy gold and silver it's it's a better investment and uh you might actually have something to trade later on when the world (laughs) falls apart